Hey, what's up, guys? It's Jeff Kaplan. I play Cruz on Cobra Kai. Everybody turn your boomboxes up to Cobra Kai Companion, everyone's favorite Cobra Kai podcast. Welcome to Cobra Kai Companion. I am Peter. Today's episode is another interview. Today I speak with Mr. Jeff Kaplan, who plays Cruz from Cobra Kai. Uh, he was one of Robbie's uh, friends, uh, the one with the, the mustache, uh, for those that uh, may not have seen it for a while. But speaking with Jeff, he is very experienced in very many facets of the entertainment industry. Uh, the man has made music. Uh, he's a filmmaker and he edits and acts and writes. And so he does a lot of things and we definitely get to hear that from himself. Um, there was a question I did have about one particular moment with his character in the show, which I also asked Mr. Hurwitz um, about on Twitter uh, during a Q&A session. Uh, so I'm teasing that and he will definitely answer that in this segment. So this is the conversation. Hello? Hello, Jeff? Yes? Hey, it's Peter from Cobra Kai Companion. Hey, how are you? I'm doing good. Did I catch you at a good time? Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. How, how are you doing this morning? I am in... Uh, well, I'm in a film competition right now we've been in uh in the past week we have been on a full-on group effort to complete a short film no matter of what we've been working on is five days now and uh yeah so i've just been a uh, crunch where we have a project due today the last day due tonight by like midnight oh wow so this is down to the nitty-gritty here yeah. Yes, it is. The, this film competition, is it uh, for school or independent? Uh, what is this about? I would say film competition where um, it's not like, uh, I mean, it's, it's open to the public. It's not like a school or anything. It's just a local theater in Atlanta that um, a group of guys put together the project. And then I found about it. It's, I think, maybe the first or second year for this program. And then it's kind of just like a pay to pay and you pull together a group and then uh, you got like a seven minute film to make. They give you a little criteria and you pull from a hat, your genre. And we got, it's like a horror movie. So we got like the devil, hell and demon as a category. And then we got homework to incorporate in it somewhere. Is this going to be available for like people to check out once you guys submit it? Yes. Uh, so I guess later this month, after they do the screening, the videos will be available. We do this every year. This is our first year with this festival. Um, the other one we do is the 48-hour film festival. It's the same thing. You just have 48 hours to do it from start to finish. And so we're, we're, we're just nearing the process. Everybody's on a little sleep, and everybody's just cranking it out. Because, see, I'm a filmmaker. It's like 15, 16 years professional uh, filmmaker. 
and some of my friends are as well. So we just get together and we have some fun. So this um, this group of uh, filmmakers, this project that you guys are doing, do, are you guys all kind of sharing the responsibilities, or do you guys all have your own uh, specific roles for the project? It kind of you kind of juggle it around. Uh, everybody will play different parts here and there. Um, in the beginning, I was just going to do some acting and help with the concept. Over time, I became one of the other directors. So it's me and one other guy. And, I mean, we just keep working hand in hand. So it's just like I together we wrote the story. Together we're acting in it. And together we directed. And now together we're also editing. But there are uh, a lot of other people that are doing graphics and soundtrack and just sound mixing. And then the DP, the sound guy, these people come together. They just... Or do what's needed. Oftentimes they'll just be, uh, you know, they hire, they hype on to what they already do. Some people will try doing something new for the first time. Oh, that's awesome. Now, aside from filmmaker, you also make music. Is that correct? Yes, I do. Uh, I've been making music since I was in high school, um, which would be about 2003. When I got a laptop, I started making. I started making music on there, and then I just continued. Uh, like more of a vocalist and uh, you know, songwriter and performer, and um, then I like write songs and conceive them and then put them together with a producer. How would you describe your type of music? It's kind of, uh, I like to call it theatrical hip-hop pop. Uh, it's a filmmaker that makes music. Uh, a filmmaking actor that makes music. So within every song and every video project I do, which I tend to release single at a time, I do a song and a video, and I put out seven some odd music videos over the many years, and I perform around town sometimes. These videos, are they available on YouTube? Yes, uh, my YouTube channel is uh, J-K-A-P-T-H-E-F-I-L-M-M-A-K-E-R. That's J-Cap, the filmmaker, all one word. And that's my personal uh, YouTube channel. And there's a lot of music videos and skits and all sorts of stuff on there. You can also get to anything, like my videos and my music and social media. See what's going on new at my website at iamjkap.com. It's iamjkap.com. Yep, and for those that are listening and are interested, I'll include, uh, I'll include, I'll include your website, uh, your YouTube channel, and also you have a SoundCloud too, right? So I'll include all of those uh, for anybody wants, right. yeah, that wants to check out those sites. Um, well, what kind of inspirations did you have growing up uh, in in making your music? Uh, well, I started out very hip hop based. Uh, I grew up in Atlanta, so we are the home of hip hop and rap music so I was always surrounded by that growing up and there was a there was a kid in my high school his um, music name goes by Kosher Beats and he was putting out CDs and I was the biggest fan 
me and my friends and we would be listening to it, bumping into the music in the parking lot. At the time, I was like, I got a laptop and I was making videos for my film class and I figured out the concept of by doing videos, I learned basically the concept of how to make music and so I opened up GarageBand and I just started making it. Uh, my first song, actually, I dedicated like to the guy that uh, went to my high school who was making music and uh, it was just a fun song with me and a couple friends just freestyling and uh, recording our voices, making beats and and then the next song, I learned how to make electronic instruments. And from there on, I just went producing my own music for many years. Not really releasing it so much, but making a lot of it for many years until I really honed in on my music craft. Found another person to work with uh, on my production level that met my personal vibe and sound. And went from there about 2008, 2009 started putting out professionally mixed and mastered and produced songs that I shot professional music videos uh, with. The first one was just me and a friend from recording the songs, writing the songs, producing the songs, to shooting the videos, editing the videos alone, uh, and then submitting and promoting them online alone to building film companies that would shoot music videos for all the top music artists in the industry like uh you know future ti diddy waka flaka countless amounts of mainly hip-hop music videos that we've shot a lot of but i've also shot a lot of all sorts of different genres wow that's awesome very recognizable names yeah oh, man it's been a, it's been quite surreal on a lot of the projects oh i can imagine uh i i grew up a uh, big hip-hop head myself um you know, I was a big fan of So So Def, you know, back in the days, uh, DeBrat, Jermaine Dupree, uh, I followed, you know, their careers, Usher and stuff like that. So very familiar with the work down there uh, in Florida. Absolutely. I actually, uh, me and Usher, uh, I mean, Usher actually went to the same high school. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, I mean, we were years apart, but. Yeah, yeah. Same high school and uh, have ran into each other through the industry over the years. Been pretty cool. That's pretty awesome. I I can't say I've met anybody that uh, attended the high school I went to, but I know Sam Elliott, the you know, um, you mm-hmm. know, famous actor. He he went to my high school, and Tanya Harding, <laughs> of all people, all right. went to my high school. Yeah. Um, music wise, uh, the Kingsmen back in I don't know if it was the fifties or the sixties, but they had that song Louie Louie. Uh, which you hear many times in movies and TV shows where there's usually like a frat party. Uh, they went to my mm-hmm. high school as well. So. Very cool. Uh, now, with Cobra Kai, uh, how did you hear about like the auditioning process or how was that like for you uh, for the role of Cruz? Well, I am uh, represented by a talent agency named Jay Purvis. And uh, it's uh, here in Atlanta, Georgia. I've been with them for a couple of years, um, for a number of years, and uh, every now and then I will receive a email from them with some lines to a script from feature films to TV shows, and then I rehearse my lines and I'll self-tape with a friend and submit to the project, to the casting agent, uh, and the casting directors, my agent, will submit to them. And I one day got a hold of this audition for Cobra Kai and I started practicing my lines and at 
first, it didn't fully dawn on me what I was practicing for. And I was started doing some research online and realized exactly what it was. And I nearly flipped out. I was just blown away what, what opportunity I was faced with. And I'd say about five days after I sent in my submission, I got an offer. And I got a call. I just walked, I come from my agent. Just walked out into my house, out of my house, into like, like the middle of the street in awe, and I just began pacing around outside and running around, jumping and rejoicing, and <laughs> just blown away the fact that I was a part of the the Karate Kid franchise, you know, because everybody's grown up and seen the Karate Kid. <laughs> sure, sure. Everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, quite literally. Now, what was it that uh, clued you in to uh, that the property you know, that it was Karate Kid? I just, I just um, googled it, and it seemed familiar. But it had been so long since I had heard Cobra Kai, so it wasn't fresh on my mind. And uh, so once I started googling it, it, I put the connection right together, and I just was like, couldn't stop talking about my my opportunity. I'm like, man, this is just the greatest job to get. And uh, lo and behold, and I got the part, and I was just blown away. So you play the character of Cruz, who is one of uh, Robbie's friends. Did, were you given any kind of backstory about this friendship? or And if not, what was it in your mind that put these three together? Uh, we didn't get too detailed on our backstory so much as... More or less that we were, you know, like, uh, you know, he was in high school and me and Trey probably went to the same high school or another high school in the vicinity. Pretty much Trey and Cruz just kind of probably got up to nothing after high school and kind of started doing little hijinks to make a buck here and there. And before you know it, they're just getting older and they're just basically praying on and teaming up with the younger kids as they just keep funneling out of high school and just staying up to no good and influencing others up to no good. And there's a moment where you guys are kind of coercing uh, Robbie into doing something and went as far as bringing up a story about some other guy back in Ventura. Do you have any insight to what that was about? It's not set in stone. Um, It's kind of, I don't, see that the show itself would ever really dive further into what had happened. It seems to me that we've had to rough somebody up before because they're just not falling in line. And uh, it seems to me like we just like to kind of bully our way into power with the younger kids. Yeah. I, I do like that because, you know, we always give kudos to, to the um, writing team. You know, just that little drop line, it kind of comes back later in another episode where you guys actually have to fight with Robbie. Uh, so, you know, it it kind of tells the, the audience, you know, that uh, these guys, they can get physical too. Uh, so we do see that a little bit later on. Now, in your opinion, that there's a moment that you share with uh, with Johnny and there's that talk about boombox in your opinion, do you think kids still know the word boombox? Uh, I had a little bit of debate with my co-host about that word. Well, to me, honestly, I, I, I'm li- probably, I'm definitely a little older in real life than I am the character that I play. And 
I definitely know what a boombox is. Right. Uh, I grew up. I grew up recording mixtapes with my tape player <laughs> um, on my boombox, and uh, so uh, just recording the radio and you know creating new soundtrack and new uh, mixtapes. I was I was growing up doing that. I do understand it. It's possible that my brother, who is of the age of my character, it's possible that he had not heard that. Okay. Uh, but I'd like to think so. It just seems so familiar to me. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, because my, my co-host, he's, he was saying that he hasn't heard the word boombox in years. I go, really? Like, I feel like even if you were a teenager, you probably heard that word in, like, an older movie or something like that. Or, you know, nowadays, instead of boomboxes, people are carrying, like, you know, the Dre's, Dre's pill, you know, the Beats by Dre's Bluetooth speakers and stuff like that. So I, I would think that that's kind of like the modern day boombox kind of. Yeah, because the truth is, I I can't even remember the last time I had seen a boombox for sale. <laughs> and if I did, it was an iPod. Right. Uh, it was an iPod adapted boombox design. It was more just for look for vintage throwback look, you know? Yeah, I uh, the last time I purchased one, I, I can actually narrow it down back to 2004. Uh, I was uh, serving on active duty at the time, and I had um, some DJing equipment, and, you know, I didn't want to get, uh, I didn't want to spend, uh, spend too much money on, like, really nice stuff, so I went to go buy, like, a boombox that I can hook, it, uh, hook up my equipment to, you know, to play through speakers, so... That was probably the last time. So we're looking at 14 years ago. So um, there's there's another moment uh, with your character and Trey when you guys are um, knocking at the door uh, of Robbie's apartment. I had to ask John Hurwitz this, and he said that it was not intentional. But the way you guys are knocking, to me, the cadence of the knock sounded kind of like the drums, you know, from uh, Karate Kid Part 2, the little drum toy. Do you recall that? And you know, was, was there any direction? Was that intentional on your guys' part? What were your insight on that? Uh, that's very interesting to have that correlation in your head. Uh, to Trey and I, Terrell, Terrell plays the character. I, our dynamic between each other really grew and just spawned from the two of us getting together and seeing how we naturally vibe. When it came to that scene, that scene was very fun for us. It was one of our first to do. It was very fun because we really started to let loose together. And uh, when it came to the knocking, we were actually improvising that together. We were thinking we're in a goofy mood. We're, we don't really care what other people think, even if we're annoying to them. And since these guys probably just a little younger than us, Robbie's probably a little younger than us, we're just a little aggressive and, you know, uh, kind of picky and, you know, just, you know, we kind of pick on them a little bit, rag them a little bit. So we don't really care. We're making a lot of noise. We're just annoying him at the door. And just and kind of going back to when I was in high school, we'd do a lot of beatboxing to freestyle battles in class and on, on, on the garbage can or on the lunch, lunchroom desk. And we just bang on it a bunch. And both of us just kind of freestyled our, uh, entry just by banging separately at our own rate and our own pace it's interesting that you it made it it made you think of the drums 
Yeah, it it's kind of crazy because I do love part two almost as much as I love the first movie. And when I heard it, I, I I guess in my mind, you know, I was really trying to kind of just put that together. So I, I would definitely encourage listeners to kind of go back and watch that episode. And, you know, maybe it's just me, but I, I, I'm trying to see if anybody else agrees. Like, yeah, you know, it kind of does sound like the drums, the way you guys are kind of uh, knocking on the door. So... Okay, all right. So, you, so both you and Mr. Hurwitz has says that there's no, um, that that it was is not tied to that. So, all right, I, I got my answer. Yeah, and, and, uh, unless unless Terrell had something up his sleeve and didn't <laughs> tell me, I, I I didn't hear anything about it. Uh, perhaps I could reach out to him and we can get his insight on that too. Um, you, you touched a little bit about you know your relationship with Terrell. What was your relationship like with uh, Tanner Buchanan uh, behind and and off to, uh, or on screen? Uh, Tanner, uh, Tanner, I, I I was just thinking about it the other day. Uh, I got to see him again recently, and it's great because when I really look at it, and if I step outside of myself and I look at it, we kind of do have a very similar on camera, off camera uh, dynamic in a sense. He is a lot younger than me in person in real life and I kind of feel almost like a little big little big brother around them sometimes like kind of just like a almost a ragtag uh, mentality like you know we'll give each other a little jokes here and there and uh and have fun he's a cool little kid and uh, uh you know at times I forget that we're different ages and we just I mean I love it when me and Terrell and uh Tanner get together we just we goof off in between takes. We're having fun. We're talking about what it's like, what, what our regiments are like. We'll go to the gym and, you know, just, just have a good time in between takes and just keep that natural buddy-buddy vibe going on. And then nowadays, you know, we're like enemies in the show, you know, so that's kind of cool. But off camera, it's still fun and games. <laughs> now, during the fight scene uh, with you, Terrell and uh, and Tanner, uh, how much of the stunt did you actually do yourself? Uh, we actually did the whole scenes ourselves oh, okay. as well, but we only did, I think, like one or two takes of the entire thing through. But we had extra days where we had to rehearse the entire fight scene. Uh, what's really cool about my stunt double is I've known him for many years. We've known each other through the film industry and nightlife industry here in Atlanta. And uh, I uh, grew up in the nightlife industry through uh, with his older brother. And as years went by, I met him. And we both looked similar. And we got along well. And when we'd be out and people would meet us, we'd, we'd tell each other we were brothers for many years. And then I had no clue that he was involved with, him, with the project until I got on set. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it was really great. And we... More fun to be had. It, it's just really cool having to, to first off, be working with a stunt double. We didn't be somebody that's close with as well. Yeah, a lot of the other uh, cast members that I've talked to, uh, you know, the, the younger ones that had some fight scenes, they uh, it sounded like a lot of them just kind of wanted to do their own stunts. You know, it just sounds like a, like a fun time. And even the ones that had no fight scenes, they wanted to learn karate after being part of the... I, I want to keep saying movie because it's just a five-hour movie, but, you know, with the show. Right. Yeah, that's, uh, it's, it, I accidentally was kind of thrown off a little bit at first because I was bummed that I wasn't doing all my stunts 
that hadn't been dis- that hadn't been discussed with anybody before. Um, it is nice to have a stunt double, although I give my takes, any take that I'm in, my all, and even if I'm not supposed to, I kind of do my stunt a little bit anyway to make it even easier on the edit. And uh, it is something that I would look forward to in doing a lot of my own stunts in the future. Although I really do just love uh, working with a friend, and I hope to work with him a lot in the future and in the rest of my career as uh, doing stunt doubles. But I definitely like, I'm a very stunt type of guy, so I do want to get my hands wet. That's pretty awesome that you even uh, kind of think about the editing process, you know, uh, ahead of time. You know, that's um, kudos to you for, you know, just, just trying to make things easier. Obviously, as the audience, we wouldn't even think of something like that. But as a filmmaker yourself, you're thinking about the editing process and shooting and all that. Yeah, that would make it easier in the process, wouldn't it? Yeah, it's uh, when I started when I started in the uh, film industry too, uh, it was because I was in high school and I was going to, I wanted to be an actor my whole life. And I was always working on doing acting. And then film class opened up in high school when I was a sophomore. So I started taking film class and the, I was a pretty good director. And so I started writing my own projects and then I put myself in my own films. And once I really understood what was going on on the film side, it really, you know, it really helped on the acting side. So when I walk on set, I'm really familiar with every department, what's going on. I feel just very comfortable all around. And uh, so I know what the director's looking for. I know what it's like for the editor to cut. I know what the uh, the light department looks like and how they work, the ins and outs. And I know how to talk to the director and what's going through a director's head. So even at times, I'll even be checking with the producers and directors to be like, hey, you guys... Uh, you guys getting that one shot? You know, and they're like, yeah, 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 we're good. <laughs> like, oh, all right, just checking. <laughs> That's awesome. Because I know what's going on. And right. they're just like, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. So I you... feel very comfortable on set from music videos to short films to feature films to commercials, doing them for so many years. Yeah, yeah. You sounds like you have quite a bit of experience in a little bit of everything. It used to be tough because a lot of people would be like, Jeff, you got to focus on one thing. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know, man. I, one thing isn't doing it for me. And I'm an artist at heart, so I can really pick up anything and turn it into my own art. Yeah, yeah that's and I awesome. I do that with everything. Like even when I hit the kitchen, um, I'm always doing things with my own little style to it. Nice, nice. Um what was your relationship like with um, Billy, like Billy Zapka? Um, you know, uh, one of my favorite moments in the show, in the entire show, is the, your guys' interaction because, you know, he makes a comment about your mustache, and then the next time we see you, you shaved it off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I when I saw the audition at first, I looked at the character description, and I was, I was like, I am from... Every audition, I look at it from a director's perspective and also from an actor's perspective. And I was like, wow, from a director's perspective, I am that character. I look exactly like it right now, especially at that moment. They had it casted as a uh, skinny, shaggy-haired kid with a mustache that's a little Cali skater looking and is up to no good. I was like, man, I can get casted that role right away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and... And I was like, all that matters is if they 
like the way that I sound and deliver my role because I was like, man, the mustache, whew, that was the big selling point. I had just had my mustache grown, which I do regularly. Every month, my facial hair just changes. Like I'll shave it all off and grow it back, shave it down to a mustache, grow to a beard. And in this character, I just so happened to have a mustache ready to go. And I would say it on set. I'd be like, to the directors and William Zabkin, when I met him, I was like, yeah, they really just wanted me before the mustache. <laughs> and, it, and then the directors are like, no, 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 that's not true. It's because you're a really good actor. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> William, he was just great to work with right away. He was uh, everybody so humble and very open and very friendly on set. And William definitely was as well. He was fun to play with. He was easy to get along with and easy to act with and he made the experience really fun a few more minutes here and then we'll get uh, ready to wrap up but uh you know i i do follow you on instagram and i've seen some of your posts there's a little bit of a tease of season two uh my question i don't know if you can answer it but is the stash back <laughs> that um, I think we may have done without. I think we may have seen the last of the month. Oh no! Okay, I'm not All sure. Right. <laughs> I'm not sure. I think William scared me away from the mustache. <laughs> I'm surprised my guy was so insecure about it. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. I mean, it's not too. He, dis- he thinks he's so tough, but he's not really. Well, I mean, if you think about it, it's kind of like that one scene where uh, Johnny is walking around handing out flyers, and then he kind of gets shaded for wearing the headband, and then he removes it, right? It's almost kind of like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, one other cool part was, like, I, I uh, later on in the film, uh, after I watched the season for the second time, first season, Immediately following my scene where uh, William Zabk is walking down the street and he's drinking, and then he, he comes up on the kid that's spray painting the wall, uh-huh. and and he trades him the beer for the spray can. Right. I actually didn't even know, but that's a lifelong friend of mine that played that character. Oh, wow. And I, <laughs> I was like, are you kidding me? No way. On the second round of watching it, so I started calling all my friends like, this is the biggest coincidence ever. I haven't seen him in years. Yeah, I, I hear that uh, people kind of know each other there. Uh, I've also interviewed uh, Vos Sanchez, who played Nestor, and um, you know he was just telling me about how uh, the the community small and everyone kind of knows each other. Like him and Rose Bianco, uh, who played Gaia, they were both in the same episode of uh, MacGyver, and I don't think they shared a scene or anything, but they were both in the same episode, so that was kind of cool. Yeah, it is really great when... Uh... I noticed a lot of people recognized a lot of people from other programs that are being filmed in Atlanta. Uh, Terrell, who's also a uh, regular in the show, uh, I believe it's High Water. Um, it's the Step Up TV show on YouTube Red. Oh, he's okay, also, I didn't know that. He, he is, he's also a regular character in that show. And uh, so he saw a lot, uh, he recognized a lot of the crew on set, which made us all feel a lot more comfortable as well. The more people you know, the more comfortable you are on set, and the more productions you work on, the more likely you are to know a lot of the people. Because in Atlanta, they uh, a lot of people are just getting their hands on project here, project there, and uh, everybody's just getting tossed around into different projects. And uh, so you're here, there, and you're there, here, and 
everybody's getting very familiar with each other here in Atlanta. Now, in when, when you guys were filming, I, I did learn from other cast members as well. Uh, there's a little bit of wiggle room for improving, um, you know, your lines and what have you. Were there any takes that you guys kind of did different takes of, you know, to try a different dialogue, you know, for humor or anything like that? Absolutely. When, um, like when Trey and I were right before the mustache line and we're just sitting there watching YouTube videos, uh, <laughs> sure. YouTube videos. I, I remember <laughs> we, yeah, YouTube videos. We were creating, we were basically creating our intro dialogue. Um, but a lot of the parts were very, uh, would be written loosely and, uh, would give us a lot of uh, freedom to to ad lib and create lines um, that we felt fit the scene and the character. Uh, for instance, when Robbie tells us he got a new job working for LaRusso, and I turn around and I notice his pants, and I'm like, "What are those?" <laughs> that was not that was not in the script. That was just me saying I need to do this, and I did it a couple times. And I didn't do it a couple times, but they decided they wanted to use it. That reminds me of the that, that moment in Black Panther, you know, where uh, Letitia yeah. writes character, she points at his sandals or something. <laughs> right. This is definitely a very viral culture yeah. um, thing to say. It's been on the internet for quite some time. And I think it started with the, quite the vans, right? Yeah. Uh, Damn uh, Daniel? I something think was... like that. I know that well, it's similar to a damn Daniel, um, and I think he probably did utilize that in there some. But it stemmed from uh, a couple different things, and I've seen it in a couple different films here and there, done oh, okay. differently. Oh, every like I even just heard in the in the movie The Hate You Give, one of the characters, or no, it was in Kin. Uh, one of the characters said, "What are those?" You know, he just calmly said it. And it point and in talking about which was clearly a call to that that line and done with a totally different delivery, which I appreciated. And now the the project that you had spoke about earlier, um, you you guys a film project that's due like tonight. You know, hopefully the you know the listeners can check that out. Uh, you said uh, in at least a month or so. Well, actually, there there's going to be a screening. I mean, this week on uh, Wednesday at this uh, in Little Five Points at a theater called Seven Stages, there's 14 other teams all submitted seven-minute films of different subgenres of horror. And this is my first horror film. And uh, I had just got done uh, watching the movie Hellfest, which I had auditioned for a couple of the leads. And I got so excited about that and really wanted to be a part of that project, although I did not get casted. One of my close friends, uh, Christian, he got casted as one of the leads and watching the movie and auditioning prior to the movie being released. I felt very uh, involved and really uh, appreciated the project and it had just been released. And so I had gotten very excited about that. And I saw that there was this new horror film competition coming up. I got excited for my little bit of a chance to do some horror what else can uh, listeners expect to um, see you in, or what what are you working on that listeners can expect uh, in the near future? At the moment, there's uh, nothing to speak about uh, publicly other than that I am working on this at the very moment, and there are other projects coming up. But uh, 
I am my my life is so project oriented that oftentimes I don't know too far ahead of what I'm doing uh, because I'm so engulfed and focused into the project at hand. But the second it gets done, then all of a sudden, and maybe a day or two goes by, and then the next project's in the making. But I am continuously auditioning for feature films and TV shows left and right for major major projects that'll be like similar to Cobra Kai, and um, hoping to book a bunch this year, this this upcoming year, and uh, hopefully be all over the place. I want to thank again Mr. Jeff Kaplan for coming on the show. I had a good time, and there it is. You know, I asked him about the the knocking on the door because to me, I thought it sounded like the drum toys from Karate Kid Part Two. So help me out, guys. Go back and listen to it. Please tell me that you guys kind of hear it too. Or again, maybe it's just me. So、uh, I want to thank everybody for checking out this episode. Thank you guys for your continued support. And if you're checking out this episode or our show for the first time,、uh, please consider going back and checking out the previous、uh, interviews that we've had. We've had a lot of great guests come on the show,、uh, very recognizable characters, and just a lot of fun、uh, group of people to speak with. And also, if you're a listener of our show and you haven't done so, please consider leaving a review for our show on Apple Podcasts, whether it's just a star rating or Uh, maybe a little review of the show.、Uh, anything we could do better, or maybe suggestions for、uh, future bonus episodes. So that's gonna do it for me.、Uh, if you guys want to follow us on Twitter, you can find us at Cobra Kai Pod, and we're also on Instagram at Cobra Kai Podcast. So thank you guys for listening, and I'll see you guys next time. Thank you for listening to the Cortem Parts Podcast Network. To listen to more Cortem Parts shows, visit cortemparts.com.